Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Flow Racing is the new home of NASCAR Roots Racing. Subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. See NASCAR legends, past, present, and future battle it out in dirt late models, sprint cars, and more at your favorite tracks every week. Find your next favorite driver by going to flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. One more chance for Denny Hamlin to try and pull a rabbit out of the hat. Eric Jones, half a groove off the wall, takes it all the way to the safer barrier. Here comes Hamlin. He's at the back bumper as they exit two. Here they come, final time at the back straightaway. Eric Jones, Denny Hamlin off the end of the back straightaway. Hamlin's there. He looks slow, but he cannot make the move in three. Here comes Eric Jones all by himself off turn number four. Denny Hamlin, one last shot won't be enough. And Eric Jones is a two-time Southern 500 winner. I didn't know if 43 won here without Richard. And so to be uh, the only other guy to do it is pretty cool. This place, one of my favorite places. I love this track and love this race. And it's just everything about NASCAR that's cool to me. And uh, I love coming to run it and getting to be a part of it. And um, I get a cowboy hat. Richard said I get a cowboy hat if I won. So it took me uh, took a minute to get going, but finally get one of those. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you. Coming off a very chaotic playoff opener at Darlington Raceway 10 of the 16 playoff drivers having problems at Darlington and the non-playoff driver in Eric Jones going to victory lane in the cookout Southern 500 footnote, the 200th win for the number 43 and 55 years to the day since the 43 last one at Darlington. What a weekend for petty GMS motorsports. We'll be talking to the driver of the number 48. That's Alex Bowman. Had a chance to catch up with Alex recently. We'll let you hear that conversation. We're also on this week's show. Going to take a look at the four first-time playoff drivers and how they're handling the pressure of being in the playoffs. I had a chance to sit down with one of those first-timers and Daniel Suarez. Also, Steve Post is going to chat with Matt Crafton. That's ahead of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series cutoff race coming up this weekend in Kansas. We'll preview the Hollywood Casino 400 
and a whole lot more. But to get us going, as he always does, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle? Mike, this weekend brought the news that another Cup Series driver will have a new crew chief in 2023. Justin Alexander will be stepping down as Austin Dillon's crew chief at the end of this season. Dillon says that Alexander is making the best decision for his family, but he hopes they can keep him at RCR in some capacity. You know, this sport's just, it's a grind. Um, you know, speaking with Justin, it was, it was about, you know, having some more time and, uh, him and I actually on the one-off weekend we had this year spent together um, in the Bahamas for our vacation, and he he just realizes you know to him what's important and that's family and you and you got to respect and love that. I think uh, at RCR we want him to stay on in any capacity, and I think there we have a good shot of having him around. And Sunday night was a special one at Darlington with Eric Jones getting the 43 car back to victory lane at the Lady in Black for the first time in 55 years, and a capacity crowd was on hand to see it. The Southern 500 was completely sold out, making it the sixth sellout Cup Series event in 2022. It joins the other crown jewel races like the Daytona 500 and the Coca-Cola 600, as well as the spring race at Phoenix and the summer trips to the Worldwide Technology Raceway and Watkins Glen. There will be a minimum of seven sellouts in 2022, as the championship race at Phoenix Raceway in November is already at capacity. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Hendrick Motorsports driver Alex Bowman will join us, and later we'll take a deeper dive into playoff first-timers. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Heading into the playoffs, Alex Bowman was in desperate need of some momentum. Many pundits had Alex as one of the four drivers they expected to make an early exit. But Alex had a solid top 10 run in the Cookout Southern 500. The 48 team is 10 points to the good. And I had a chance to sit down and chat with Alex about his chances to keep the good runs rolling at Kansas. When I got the word Greg is a, a regular with us on TMD, and when I saw his comments last week that he's stepping aside at the end of the year, I was, I was blown away. I'm like, whoa, well, first of all, we're losing our regular. But Hendrick is losing a crew chief. When, um, when Gregory disclosed his departure to you, how did you accept that? What was your reaction? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely understand where he's coming from, and I think uh, this summer has definitely been rough, but... Um, just seeing his desire to be at home with his kids and um, knowing, especially the way the schedule was laid out this year, it's rough on those guys. Um, you know, his kids are growing up, Parker's racing now, so uh, there's a lot of reasons that um, I think he's really excited to, to have some, some weekends not traveling. And, um, you know, I think he's been an awesome crew chief for me. Uh, definitely going to miss him, but I think we have uh, a couple more weeks to go kick some ass. You talk about the rough summer. How do you turn that into an awesome fall? 
I think we just use it as motivation. Um, it's pretty normal for us. You know, summers haven't been the best for us statistically. So, um, you know, going into the playoffs, I, I think we're, we're ready to rip. When you have a series of challenge like that and, and you have them over and over, I, I liken you guys to you take two steps forward and then you get knocked three back. And you take two steps forward, then maybe four forward. And then it seems that yin and yang back and forth where you just can't get that string. How do you maintain the positive nature that you do? How, 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 do, you, how do you re-gear up every single week? About, okay, this week is the week. Something will happen next week. And it just seems like that you just can't get caught a break. How do you deal with all that? Yeah, I'm probably not the best at keeping a positive nature. I've been trying to do way better at it. And I feel like lately I've done better at it than I have in the past. But... Um, yeah, it's hard. You know, a lot of things that happened this summer were outside of our control, but some of them were also situations we put ourselves in. So uh, that's just part of racing, knowing that it can turn around really quickly and knowing that I'm driving for the best team in the business and, and working with the, some of the best guys in the business. I think, um, you know, I know we can go on a, a string of winning races anytime. It's been a very inconsistent year from that perspective. We'll see a team that does well. And then all of a sudden something happens the following. And it's not just you. It's not just Hendrick. It is all over the place. How do you get your bearings about yourself? Like you're prepared the best that you can be. But a lot of times the things that knocked you out of contention has been just weird stuff or stuff that's out of your control. How do you maintain perspective and and I guess context of what's been happening? Yeah, for sure. I think really even the last couple of weeks we've been really strong. We've just had stuff happen. So um like I said, that's just part of racing. You just got to keep being positive and, and keep digging through it. Uh, it's not easy by any means, but uh, definitely doing our best. And I asked the question because a lot of folks listening to this, if they were in your position, because they're not the trained athlete that you are, would say, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. I can't believe like we're running up front of the lead draft to Daytona and all of a sudden we get swept up in the crash. It's the end of the world. You guys taken in so much stride. Has that always come natural to you? Or is that something that you yourself have had to work on? Yeah, I think I've definitely had to work on it. Um, you know, I think when it's something that it, that is my like directly my fault, uh, it's a lot harder for me to get over than if it's something that's out of my control. So, um, you know, if I do my job and execute any everything I need to execute, um, you know, I can be I can go home even after a rough day and be like, well, I, I did everything I needed to do. Um, but when it's my fault, I don't let go of it very easily. So. Just uh, trying to learn how to let go of things and, and look on to the next week ahead is has definitely been something that's helped me, and I'm, I'm definitely still working on it. Speaking of Kansas Speedway coming up, uh, how would you describe Kansas Speedway and how it's changing and perhaps maybe going back to the way it used to be? Yeah, it's getting rougher. It's getting slicker. Uh, that place, out of everywhere that they repaved, that's the only place that aged well and um, that's gotten super racy. So it's pretty cool. Uh, you can run from the outside wall all the way to the apron. Uh, there's grooves all over the place. And the rougher it gets, the more fun it is. So um, I, I enjoy going there. We've been close to winning there before, and, and hopefully we can pull it off. So you talk about you can run up against the wall, and there we have a handful of tracks like that. Are you one that has to ease into that, or are you just full center on in there and hope she sticks? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not naturally the best guy up there, but I think um, over the years we've we've gotten pretty successful up there, and um, you know, especially at Kansas. So, um, you know, you look at like Tyler; he's super good up there and doesn't need any time to acclimate. And 
I feel like I'm a little more conservative than him, but uh, still can be super successful up there. Well, we have tracks like Darlington, tracks like Kansas, you know, Fontana, you'll get up there and, and all those. And for us mere mortals, you know, we're, are you kidding? Seriously, you're full throttle and you're about six inches off the wall. We would be freaking out. You guys seem to be at home up there. Is that something that you've had to work towards to get? How does a race car driver get so comfortable being full throttle, inches off the wall, and not even blinking an eye? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, six inches is probably not close enough at some of the places we go. Uh, with how the air is working around the car, you've you've literally got to a point where we're packing air against the outside wall to create more downforce on the race car. So. Um, it's gotten pretty crazy and more and more aggressive, uh, especially at, you know, Kansas or Homestead or some of these other places. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something you have to learn. I feel like the guys with the dirt backgrounds are probably more comfortable with it, with how they've had to run curbs across the country. But, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, a cool part of what we get to do. Perhaps maybe could this afford us an opportunity to see you on dirt some more? Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm not sure how much more I'll run this year, but... Uh, probably do the same 30 races or so next year um, you know this year was a lot of fun running the wing sprint car and um, it's a big learning curve for me something I haven't done before but uh, I really enjoyed it and uh, hope to go back and do some more next year well what is what is the motive for that like is it is that to that, that take a load off is that just to chill is that a side hustle is that <laughs> a <you> side <laughs> hustle <laughs> making money racing sprint cars <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't cost any money at all. Um, for me, I think the the biggest thing is just using it as a way to train outside my comfort zone. Uh, something I haven't done before, a race car driver that, or race car that I'm super uncomfortable driving. Um, you know, the first two months or so of doing it, I just felt like I was going a million miles an hour everywhere we went. So um, trying to adapt to it was was a challenge and. Uh, I've got to see a lot of racetracks I've never seen before. I got to go to some new places, and um, I feel like we've I've progressed decently and, and gotten to where we run pretty decent. The last time we ran, we, we were pretty successful. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I have a ton of respect for those guys and hope to continue doing it. Well, as we enter the, uh, the stretch run here, nine races with Kansas coming up and beyond, where's the sweet spot for the 48 team? Victory Lane each and every week uh that that's where we want to have our sweet spot be um you know a lot of great racetracks for us i think kansas is ahead of us and it's uh the one we've got circled right now coming up we'll check in on the four first timers in the nascar cup series playoffs and later i'll go one-on-one with one of those four Trackhouse racing's daniel suarez NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This year's Cup Series playoffs has plenty of fresh faces in it. In fact, a quarter of the playoff field is in their maiden voyage through this 10-race pressure cooker. How are Austin Sendrick, Chase Briscoe, 
Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez handling that pressure. Kurt Becker has more. The NASCAR Cup Series playoffs are underway, but it was non-playoff driver Eric Jones who surprised the field Sunday night at Darlington to win the Cookout Southern 500. Meanwhile, regular season champion Chase Elliott has fallen to ninth in the standings after a wreck barely a third of the way into the playoff opener. But let's change our focus toward the newcomers, those that are competing in the playoff 16 for the first time in their careers. This year, there are four first-timers in the playoff field. Austin Sendrick, Ross Chastain, Chase Briscoe, and Daniel Suarez all made their playoff debuts this past weekend at Darlington and have their eyes set on being more than merely a participant. Here comes Brad Keselowski topside, but it's the rookie that leads off for. A whole bunch of Fords at the front of the field, and here they come. Sendrick trying to squeeze Blaney into the fence, and at age 23, Austin Sendrick has scored. The Daytona 500 win, they crash further down after they cross the start-finish line, but Austin Sendrick has won the Daytona 500. For Austin Sendrick, he's had all season to prepare, thanks to his Daytona 500 victory, which came in his debut as a full-time Cup Series driver for Team Penske. Sendrick does have playoff experience, albeit in the Xfinity Series, where he swept both the regular season and series championships in 2020. Sendrick discussed whether there were any lessons that he could take from that experience. In an Xfinity Cup, the more I think about it, it's, it's so much harder to get stage points in cup than it is in Xfinity, whereas Xfinity, it's pretty much guaranteed as long as you're running well, you're probably going to get stage points, whereas in the cup series, you you might go a whole race without getting stage points. You could still get a good finish, but um, I think those stage points are really what help guys pro- progress and point their way into the next rounds. Obviously, the best way to get in the next round is to win a race, but if you can't do that, I think you have to be able to run well throughout the majority. While the challenges in the Cup Series playoffs vary from the Xfinity Series, Cendric will be looking to be on the offensive and make the most of an opportunity that is not guaranteed to come again. I look at the playoffs for us in the two-car. We don't. We have a lot to gain. Um, I'm not going to say we don't have anything to lose because it's a great opportunity, and I don't want to. I don't want to miss out on it. I mean, you've got past champions who haven't made it this year. It's not guaranteed that I'm going to come back and be sitting here in the playoffs next year. So I, I think you have to approach it with that mentality and um, go forward like you have everything to gain and. Um, put your put your game face on and go try and do it. Here they come racing in the trioval. And Kurt Bush is in the middle lane. They're crashing behind him. Kurt Bush hard into the outside wall. Bubba Wallace into the wall, steaming to the line. Ross Chastain will win the Geico 500. In his first year for Trackhouse Racing, Ross Chastain has had anything but a boring season. He's won twice, first at Circuit of the Americas and later at Talladega, and seemingly at some point this season has been in some level of a feud with virtually every driver in the Cup Series. Despite all of those factors, Chastain was reflective on his road to the playoffs when speaking at Playoff Media Day last week. Yeah, it is. It's it's pretty wild. This week has felt almost awkwardly normal and I didn't expect that um, sitting here yeah this is different this is I mean I you just even go back one calendar year and the guys that I trained with were all here and I was the only one in the group not here and that was humbling and I was out training and probably pushed myself too hard that day but it was motivating um, not that pedaling the bike harder that day was going to make me get here but it um it's it's pretty pretty wild to be here um it's just not i worked to get here but i just never thought i would get here honestly just internally 
Emotions aside, Chastain is not here just for the experience. He's focused on being in the championship four later this fall in Phoenix. There's times this year where we did a really good job, and there's times this year where I did a really, really bad job behind the wheel. And finding that middle ground, uh, we don't have to be 10 weeks of the best that I've ever driven, but it's going to be better than some of the weeks I've, I've put out this, this year. So um, I don't have a, a, you know, a number of races will go, you know, how far we'll go in this, this run, but um, I wouldn't want to be with any, you know, in any other position than, than where I'm at. I think it's a great time to be in a Chevrolet. And I think obviously it's a great time to be a track house and it feels good. Chase Briscoe makes his first playoff appearance in his second year racing full-time in the Cup Series for Stuart Haas Racing. Briscoe got here by notching his first Cup Series win earlier this year at Phoenix. Chase Briscoe leads into turn three for the final time in Phoenix. Mistake-free and a day he will never forget. Off four, final time, checkered flag is out. Career win number one for Chase Briscoe across the line. And Briscoe will win the Ruoff Mortgage 500 at Phoenix Raceway. Like Cendric, Briscoe and his team have had plenty of time to prepare for the playoffs. Unfortunately, going to research and development mode may have impacted Briscoe's performance as he has only earned one top 10 finish, a fourth in May at Charlotte in his last 14 starts. But Briscoe is feeling good about the team's speed of late and is in embracing the underdog mentality well we've had a lot of time to think about it and talk about the playoffs you know with us how early we won i mean i think it was like 22 something weeks ago so we've been thinking we're in the playoffs then for a couple weeks there got kind of iffy if we were still going to be in the playoffs um but yeah i'm just excited truthfully that they're finally here because we have been thinking about them talking about them for a really really long time um but since that win you know we started trying some stuff just being at the luxury of having a win so early in the season and i felt like that obviously hurt our performance to a certain extent um so yeah i I think you know for us these last couple weeks we try to go back to kind of what we know and we've had really good speed we just haven't been able to to show that um you know richmond running the top five catch on fire you know walkins glenn win the first stage been a toe link you know we've been up there but very quietly we've been up there i feel like a lot of people don't realize we've had the speed that we had so i kind of like where we're at going in the playoffs I feel like we're a huge underdog. Nobody really even thinks about us right now. So I kind of like that side of it because there's not a lot of pressure that comes along with that. Daniel Suarez made NASCAR Cup Series history in June at Sonoma, where he became the first Mexican-born driver to win in NASCAR's Premier Series. Like his teammate, Chastain, Suarez feels that his 99 team at Trackhouse Racing is in a good position. Well, yeah, I think I think we're in a great position, you know. I... I, uh, I have an amazing team behind me. Uh, Trackhouse has done a tremendous job this year. Uh, we have to continue to evolve, though. Um, you know, we cannot sleep in the next 10 weeks. I think that the most important part of the season, of course, we have to continue to do this, the same thing that we've been doing and continue to, to get better. One race down, nine to go. The pressure will be on these newcomers as Briscoe and Cendric currently sit below the cut line while Suarez is right above it in the 12th position. It all makes for an added element to this year's playoffs as race fans follow the progress of all four of these playoff first-timers. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, my conversation with Daniel Suarez and later... Three-time NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion Matt Crafton will stop by. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. 
Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Daniel Suarez entered the NASCAR Cup Series with a lot of hype and a lot of pressure. The Monterey, Mexico driver was coming off an Xfinity Series championship in 2016, and he had to fill the shoes of a potential NASCAR Hall of Famer in Carl Edwards. Things that JGR didn't turn out like anyone would have hoped. And after short stints with Gaunt Brothers Racing and Stuart Haas Racing, Daniel Suarez has found himself quite a home with Team Trackhouse. This year has brought his first Cup Series victory and a playoff appearance that many consider overdue. Daniel and I had a chance to chat about his eventful year. Daniel Suarez, like a Rottweiler on a rump roast right now, will not let go of that outside lane. Daniel checked a lot of boxes for us. He wanted to prove to the world that he belonged in the Cup Series. 2020 was a very difficult year for him. So um, he checked all those boxes for us, and I knew really knew that he had a tremendous amount of potential and that he was a winner at this level and we just we just and I told him from day one I said this this is your team this 99 team is your team you come to me and tell me you know anything and everything that you need and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna put that behind Se proyecta hacia la recta principal cruza la línea de meta recibe la bandera de cuadros y el dulce el dulcísimo sabor del triunfo es de Daniel Suárez Mexicanos al grito de Suárez it's going to be a fun time for you because you're playoff qualified. You've won this year, and Trackhouse has come to life this year. Where are you as far as the successes of Trackhouse and where this team has come so quickly to where it's about to go into the playoffs for the next 10 races? Yeah, man, it's been it's been a lot of fun to be part of this journey. Um, you know, uh, I, I would say that a lot of people didn't really expect the Trackhouse to be this good uh, this early, and uh and I feel like this is product of the of the next gen car. You know, if, if it wasn't for the next gen car, we we wouldn't be here. Um, you know, this car came to the to the sport to level the field in a way that we have never seen before, and uh, and we're very thankful for that. You know, if it wasn't for the next gen car, Trackhouse wouldn't be here, 2311 wouldn't be here, Calling wouldn't be here. So many new teams. So um, I think it's it's fun to see the 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 competition. You know. Uh, if you tell me who do you think is the favorite to win the next race, I don't think nobody can tell because, you know, the competition is pretty wide right now. So um, that's a fun thing, and, uh, and I've been enjoying that a lot. And, and, and as, as a group in Trackhouse, we have taken advantage of that as much as we can. What's it like growing with an organization that's, that's so new and everybody basically is so fresh, but being able to have the results, win the races, but also grow as the organization and help that organization grow. It's been a special, you know, it felt like home. Um, you know, when when I hear uh, from Trackhouse the very first time, it was on a piece of paper. Nobody really knew what Trackhouse was. I didn't even, I mean, the very first time I hear about Trackhouse, it was in my house with uh, Justin and Tainari. So, uh, you know, it's been very special to be part of this journey since the very beginning. I have enjoyed uh, uh, a lot um, this journey, um, but uh, but I believe that we have a bright future ahead of us. You know, we, we still a very young team. We are only a year and a half into this 
uh, into this world. So we have to continue to enjoy the journey, continue to have fun, and, uh, and continue to get better. Playoffs, 10 races. I want to focus on Kansas. What does Kansas give you as a driver that maybe not other tracks do? I know that it's been repaved, it's coming back to life and all that, but when you go to Kansas, how do you prepare for that? What do you expect when you go to Kansas? Kansas is a fun track, just like you mentioned. You know, it's, it's coming back to be a very, very fun uh, mile and a half. You have a lot of options, um, bottom, middle, top. Uh, last time that we raced there, um, uh, we were actually pretty fast until, until we blew a tire. So really looking forward to that. Uh, but with that being said, you know, whatever work last time that we were at Kansas, I mean, I feel like we had a top three car last time there, uh, most likely right now. It's going to run 20th. So everyone continues to evolve. Everyone continues to get better. So, um, you know, uh, we, we are hoping that we bring a, a fast car in a couple of weeks. What are the strengths of the track house right now coming into the playoffs? I would say that um, uh, as, as a group in track house, we have done a good job adapting and continue to evolve. I think that, you know, every team gets hot once in a while. I feel like track house was hot for a while. And, and we've been consistent there. Even though that we haven't won a race in a couple of months, we've been consistent good. And that's, and that's something that is, is been, it's been good to see. Coming up, Thor Sport Racing's Matt Crafton is here. And later, we'll preview this weekend's Hollywood Casino 400. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series back on track this weekend at Kansas Speedway. Elimination race number one is coming up. And three-time Truck Series champion Matt Crafton finds himself squarely on the bubble, entering the race on Friday night at Kansas. The driver of the number 88 truck only has a three-point cushion over Carson Hosevar and six points over his teammate Christian Eckes. Steve Post sat down with the three-time Kansas winner, to discuss what it's going to take to hold off those young guns and advance to the round of eight. Matt, it feels like since forever that we've raced. I mean, this schedule, uh, IRP, then Richmond, and then a few weeks off. Um, what's what's that like as a, as a racer to have this downtime before we go to Kansas this week? Uh, it's been great for me to get to spend more time with the kids and get to go race with my daughter and just hang out with the family a little bit more. So you're not hearing me complain at all, but I'm definitely ready to get back to it again. I'm sure when we look at where you're at, your situation, you're on the bubble. I think you're perpetually on the bubble. I think that you seem to live life there as far as that goes. In really pretty good runs at IRP, ninth and seventh at Richmond. Kind of assess just your thoughts as you go into a really good track for yourself. Um, Richmond, we were at Richmond, we were very, very good. I was very happy with it. The long run truck was phenomenal there. We just had we were off on our short run speed. Um, we know where we missed it on that we went back to trd went to simulator and went to work on that and made a lot of improvement where we knew where we were off or we felt like we knew where we were off and it uh it correlated very well in the simulator so irp was we we struggled all race and we threw a haymaker right there at the end and put some tires on and 
made it through all the, the, the chaos at the end to steal that ninth place. But going to Kansas, I love Kansas. Definitely probably one of my, my favorite mile and a half that we go to nowadays because the asphalt's aged enough and you get to move around and do a lot of side-by-side racing. You're going to start at the beginning of a run, probably at the bottom and be at the middle and be at the, the dead top by the end of it. As you practice and prepare there, and you've got a whopping 50 or 20 minutes of practice like everyone else, are there things that you look for in your truck that will make you know that by the end of the race you'll have that drivability across the different lanes? Uh, just look for the just good drivability, I call it, is just being able to move around because you're going to move around in that 15 minutes of practice if the balance is close enough. And if you get the balance close enough with the first couple runs, go out there and do 10, 15 lap run just to end the practice to see what direction you're going to go. But at the same time, I think we're doing this, our practice is about three o'clock-ish and then we're going to race it <laughs> when the when the sun goes down. So we'll, we'll throw a wrench in at that way as well. Is, is that a matter of just studying old notes and knowing old notes when you have a scenario? And we have that, it seems like all the time. Is that a matter of just not, not getting any false reads and trying to project what it's going to be like after dark? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, daytime to nighttime there, I feel, is one of the bigger plays that takes a swing from day to night. So just knowing what the, the vehicle is going to do at, at night and be able to have enough tools in your toolbox to be able to make it right at the end of the race when when the cards are on the table. When we look at where you're at with the playoffs, and it's very, very tight down there, six points, uh, you're in, six, or three points back to, to Carson, and uh, another three points back to your teammate, Christian Eckes. How, how do playoffs and cutoffs work with teammates? Is it different, or Matt, do you try to keep it the same? How does that work? Uh, I mean, right where we're at, I mean, you're gonna race your, race your butt off, and you're gonna go out there and try to maximize your stage points, and just race, I always say it, race, the race just like it's any other race but just maximize every point um like if you're in the regular season you're going to go out there and you're going to try to maximize every point like you do but if you get a win then you don't have to worry about maximizing your points you can worry about pitting out a sequence and not have to worry about some stage points so but when you're in the playoffs and you need the points like we do everybody it's a race within a race each stage are you one that likes to know what others are doing or are you not a driver that or do you not want to know what other one's doing? Just focus on your own deal. Focus on your own deal. And that's why I've lived and died by. I mean, just go out there and drive as hard as you can. You know, I'm not going to do anything different. If that guy is two spots or five spots ahead of me and I'm trying to run down somebody that might be in front of me, I'm not going to do it any different any other way. I know i got to beat that guy and just going to do everything I can. One of the other unique things when we look at Kansas this week <clears> is uh, I think it's the only track or one of the only tracks we go back to for a second time. You finished ninth there in the spring. What's that like when you, you – it, it is the one track, I think it is, that we go back to again. That's rare these days in the in the truck series. Yeah, it's, it's very rare. Um, we, we did it for so long. We used to go to places two, two times. I mean – after the pandemic, I think we raced there three times, if I'm not mistaken, that year. Um, so it, it's it's always good to have some notes. But, I mean, from the beginning of the year to now, I mean, I've got a different crew chief. So we'll work on the notes. I'm up actually here in Ohio and talking and working with Shane this week and just going over some of the notes and in the past what we've been and how we've been there and the characteristics, what we think the racetrack is going to do from day to night. Thank you, Posty. Coming up, we'll preview the racing weekend in Kansas. And later, it's this week in NASCAR history. 
NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Back in Bay, Kansas Speedway brought us one of the feel-good moments of the 22 season as Kurt Busch drove to victory lane driving the Jordan brand car for 2311 Racing. What are drivers expecting from this track the second time around? Kyle Rickey is back to tell us. After a weekend at Darlington that threw the playoffs into the spin cycle, the NASCAR Cup Series now heads to Kansas Speedway for race two of the round of 16 in the playoffs. In the opening race at Darlington, a non-playoff driver, Eric Jones, shocked everyone by becoming the first non-playoff driver to win the playoff opener since the chase was implemented back in 2004. Perhaps even more shocking than that, was that the regular season champion and top-seeded Chase Elliott finished dead last in the race. Thanks to multiple other playoff drivers having trouble, Elliott still finds himself above the cutoff line, but now by only 14 points over Austin Sindrick in 13th. Elliott will be looking to gain back some of that cushion he lost this weekend at Kansas, but he entered the playoffs with the mindset that no driver is safe from an earlier than expected exit. I honestly don't think anybody's safe at any point in time. Like, just my honest opinion. Like, I think the way this format is, I think you have to respect this format from week one all the way to week 10. I mean, I, I don't think there's ever a period of time where you should think anything is taken for granted. And I don't think any amount of playoff points is ever safe. Um, the rounds are so short. You, know, you could have two bad weeks back to back. Um, and you do nothing wrong. And the next thing you know, you're in a position where you have to win the last one. And that can happen to the guy that is at first in points or the guy that's um, last. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone's safe from that. Another driver who had trouble at Darlington was Kevin Harvick. The four team looked poised for a top five run until a fire ended their night early. Harvick is now 16th on the playoff grid. 13 points below Daniel Suarez in 12. Harvick is a three-time Kansas winner, though, and should be poised to run well this weekend. While Harvick is a notorious bottom feeder when it comes to where he likes to run on the track, he says being comfortable running near the wall is key at Kansas. Kansas was um, was an okay race for us. You know, I think that the the tires a little bit different, a little less stagger this time, so that that's uh, that'll change the setups a little bit as as we go into Kansas. But you know, I think you have to be good, you know, middle to top of the racetrack in order to make good time at Kansas and and be able to survive on the long run and make enough speed. So. Uh, you're going to need to be comfortable from the middle of the racetrack up to, to make good lap time. So that's what, that's what we'll concentrate on. Even with the need to run up high, Harvick says versatility is key and marrying yourself to just one line could hinder your chances to win at the Kansas Speedway. 
you know, I'm going to always want my car to be versatile, you know, just because you're, you're, you know, if you are married to that top lane and your car won't work anywhere else, you don't have a really good chance of, of making time passing people. So, you know, if you get married to that top lane and catch, you know, 15th, 16th place in the field and they're married to the top lane as well, it becomes difficult to pass. And then your gaps, you know, shrink rapidly as as you're trying to you know make your make your way through the field so you know i think you need to have some versatility i think um you know if your car's decent up top you, you know you can make good lap time up there regardless and park yourself in front of the guys that are also wanting to run the top but if you have a little bit of um you know if your car's a little bit more versatile than than others you can kind of swing down through the middle and especially in, in turns three and four one driver who was on the opposite end of the spectrum and actually had a great run at Darlington is Tyler Reddick. Reddick finished third in the cookout Southern 500 and now sits fifth in the point standings. And he thinks even though he had some bad luck at Kansas in the spring, he's excited to get back there this weekend. When we were there in the spring, uh, we led early, I believe. I'm pretty sure we led like 30, 40 laps at the beginning of that race. Like I think we were pretty strong. We had some weird stuff happen throughout the day. Vinyl came off the wall. I got my nose and it crashed. I hit the wall. So it was a bad finish, but we had speed there. So I'm excited about that one. The driver who is directly behind Reddick in the standings is Christopher Bell. The Joe Gibbs Racing driver is looking to start the playoffs with back-to-back top five finishes and says Kansas fits right into what his team does well. Yeah, so they uh, the mile and a half, I think, is our bread and butter. Uh, so I would expect Kansas to be another great racetrack for us, probably even better than Darlington. So it seems like the faster the track, the better we go. Kansas, we won the pole at in the spring. Um, another one of those racetracks that we were really strong at and had pit road issues. I think we had a flat tire as well. So uh, no reason that we shouldn't that we should not contend for the win. To the naked eye, the spring race at Kansas looked quite a bit different than it had in recent years with the introduction of the new next-gen race car. But past Kansas winner Joey Logano says it wasn't as drastic as a change as you might think. I mean, it definitely changes the way you race there like it has everywhere else, though. Like it has at Vegas, like it has here. You know, mainly, you know, restarts and stuff and which lanes are stronger and, and, and how that, you know, happens and what lanes you want to choose for those reasons. Like all those things are different this year than what it was the last few years with the old car. Um, that part's different. You know, how you work dirty year in general, just after restarts and stuff, that's that's different. But that's been that way since, you know, we started going to mile and a half and figuring that stuff out. So nothing really crazy outside the box besides the stuff that's just different about the car everywhere. Another driver who found themselves in trouble at Darlington was first-time playoff driver Chase Briscoe. Even though the Stuart Haas racing driver sits 15th in the standings, he is confident in his team's ability to put a winning car on track at Kansas. You know, Kansas, we were really, really good at there. I think I was running fourth or fifth, and I spun out. Uh, so that was on me. So I know we're going to have a car capable of going there and running good. Um, yeah, just got to, you know, go week by week and kind of see what hands you're dealt for, you know, the following week because it's going to determine how you have to run the race, you know, how aggressive you got to be just because of your point situation. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm definitely – it's going to be nice to kind of know what to feel, you know, especially at Kansas, just the look you're trying to find or the feel you're trying to find in practice and you kind of know what to expect from a car driving standpoint for sure. With so many playoff drivers having issues in the playoff opener, drivers will be looking to set themselves in a better playoff position heading into the unknown that is the Bristol night race. Just who will go all in at Kansas? 
We find out Sunday during the Hollywood Casino 400. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll wrap up the show with This Week in NASCAR History. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, Susie Armstrong is back with This Week in NASCAR History. Thank you, sir. 1993. The chart toppers kept on rolling for Mariah Carey as Dream Lover shot to number one on Billboard's Hot 100. David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson sleuthed alien incursions as the X-Files debuted on Fox. And Mark Martin was in another galaxy, leading 178 laps in the Roush Racing Ford to win the Mountain Dew Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway. turn number two, leading the way with plenty of separation between himself and the second place car of Brent Lodine. By far the dominant car all day. Mark Martin half a lap from victory lane. Now one more time to turn number three. Martin hangs the hard left turn, gets back on the throttle. He's on his way off of turn four with the checkers in sight. He has waited all day after a three-hour rain delay at 7.30 Eastern time in the evening. Mark Martin makes it four wins in a row. I got a sick reputation for handling 2004, Petey Pablo paired up with Ciara for her debut R&B hit single, Goodies. Swiss tennis player Roger Federer bested Leighton Hewitt to win his first U.S. Open men's championship. Kate Winslet and family inspired Johnny Depp to create Peter Pan as Finding Neverland debuted at the Venice Film Festival. And Elliot Sadler was on a flyer at California Speedway, nabbing the win in the Pop Secret 500. file up the back straightaway for the final time into turn three each driver picking their own line Sadler down low Kane up high here comes Mark Martin in third but Sadler leads him off the corner Ford is going to victory lane again here at California Speedway and Elliott Sadler's going to do it for him giving their fifth win here at the California Speedway Elliott Sadler scores the win in the pop secret 500 2014, the haters didn't hate Taylor Swift as the mega-hit Shake It Off debuted at number one on Billboard's Hot 100. Serena Williams edged out Carolina Vosniaki to win her third straight U.S. Open title at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. And Brad Keselowski aced the field in the Commonwealth of Virginia, driving to victory in the Federated Auto Parts 400 at Richmond Raceway. Shake it off, shake it off. Oh, break, 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 break
Keselowski is at his baddest tonight. Final time in a turn three with a checkered flag flying. A statement race for Brad Keselowski and Team Penske. They are championship ready. Across the start finish line, the checkered flag flies, and Brad Keselowski has won the Federated Auto Parts 400. He does so in front of Jeff Gordon. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. Also like to thank Alex Bowman, Daniel Suarez, and Matt Crafton for stopping by. I'm Mike Backley for the rest of the MRN crew. We thank you for being a part of the process as well. We're back on Thursday with another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open and, of course, NASCAR Live Race Day coming up live from Kansas Speedway. Until then and until we speak again, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.